What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast is Called Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the only other human being in the world I like more than The Fiend, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? Oh, I am, uh, I'm exhausted. It has, we've officially reached the end of SummerSlam week, and Jesus, I am tired. What, you, uh, you can't take 12 hours straight of wrestling? Come on, man. No. Suck it up. (laughs) No. Oh, my goodness. The Fiend kept me alive for a little while, and the fact that he wasn't on SmackDown or Raw, I've completely crashed. I'm tired. The the Fiend was definitely like a hit of Coke straight to the bloodstream, (laughs) and then the fact that he wasn't there was just, it was like a hard crash. Yeah. So we'll we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast, and if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users... Please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcast. And if you're feeling spicy, if you're feeling like the fiend, leave a review. Ooh, feeling spicy? Yeah. Make sure you follow us on social too. Follow us at Doesn't Matter Pod on Twitter. That's Pod with a zero. You can go at us like uh, a lot of you guys did over the weekend. We had some people coming at us pretty hard over Ricochet's costume. <laughs> we'll get into that more later. Comic book nerds came up with <laughs> oh, work. Uh, you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. You can follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. And make sure you also follow us on Instagram. That's does at Doesn't Matter Podcast. Those numbers continue to go up. So thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for getting those numbers up. But let's let's reach those benchmarks so that we can hit uh, the goals that we have set of a uh, hundred on each followers on each, on each account. Yeah, yeah. We're and, getting uh, close. Well, I'll I'll unleash, reveal, however you want to say it, my uh, hostage photo. It's. The more I look at it, the more I, like, I'm really questioning this decision to allow this out into the public. Oh, yeah. I might put it on a shirt once you release it out. On, re- that release that it out may the be the first, it doesn't matter what your podcast is called, shirt. Oh, which my goodness. frightens me to no end. <laughs> but with all that, speaking of frightening, it was an amazing wrestling weekend. And that's going to take us into the main event. So as we alluded to in the beginning of the show during the intro, it was 12 straight hours of wrestling that we've just endured. SmackDown just ended a little while ago, but it all started with SummerSlam weekend, TakeOver, and SummerSlam itself. And uh, we we decided to just, instead of kind of, there, there were just too many matches to talk about every single thing. But we do have a lot of things that we liked and some things that we weren't such big fans of. But I am happy to say just kind of looking at all the things that we listed... The things that we liked did outweigh the things we did it, which it which make, means it was a really really good show and a really really good weekend. Yeah, I mean this is a, a solid weekend. Outside of it being like uh, way way too many hours of wrestling, um, like this was overall a great thing. Like it, I mean there was looking at like like you said looking at our doc. I mean it's incredible the amount of things that we liked compared to what we didn't like. So um, bravo to the WWE for putting together one hell of a weekend for wrestling. No, and, you know, AEW, we were always wondering, is this going to kick them in the pants and really get them going towards, you know, what we knew that they could produce? And whether they like to admit, yeah, whether they like to admit, you know, whether it's an alternative, whether it's a competitor, they're really, really, they're looking over their shoulder a little bit more than they have in the past. And again, Moxie said it, everyone has said it, it's just good for wrestling in general. And what's really going to carry the WWE for, for the foreseeable future, in my opinion, and I think yours too, is our guy, Bray Wyatt, the Ooh. fiend, repackaged Ooh. as this, you know, Mr. Rogers horror movie guy. Um, but he, 
everything that they the buildup was incredible but so you know how like when you know something's coming and it happens and you're kind of disappointed at the end because you yeah. build it so high in your mind this was not that. this was not that <laughs> this exceeded all our, all of our expectations i think mm, um definitely i mean from the the beginning of his intro where they actually played the firefire Flint house Funhouse song, right? And then I that, knew from that, then it was going to be really good, right? <laughs> and then it faded out, and then it just kicked into that really heavy, heavy remix of his original song. Yep, he comes out as the fiend. He has the lantern of his face, of his what own face. the fuck? <laughs> like that was so incredible. Like everything about that was great. They did the, <clears throat> they did the shot of the crowd, and you see all the fireflies. Everybody. In the arena, online, everybody was into this. This was the moment, and it fucking delivered in every sense. The match was great too. I mean, they they basically it was a squash match, but they also let they let Finn have some offense. And then I also really really loved Bray fighting with himself, like he's fighting against the Fiend, like he's having his demons and he's fighting against him. I love that little itty bitty detail that they added into the match just to add some more to the character. And then obviously he finished it with the mandible claw, which is super brutal. And then also the way he actually exits the ring is great too. Like they cut the lights. I'm sure he has to like sprint to the top of the ramp to get to that moment where they flick the lights back on. But everything about that was perfect. No, Every it, single thing. You know, you, again, like I said, it was it was hard to imagine how they would deliver this because you're like, oh, I hope they don't really don't mess this up because it's been so good. And by the end of it, you just needed to smoke a cigarette, right? right? <laughs> you, were just, you were so satisfied. And if you weren't, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I just, I don't know if we could speak. I don't know if I could tweet you. I don't know if I could follow you. <laughs> so if you were not a fan of The Fiend, know that you are definitely in the minority and we do not agree with, I mean, <laughs> with your take. You, you have to like really check yourself, like if you if you're not a fan of what they just did, and the fact that they slow built that too, like yeah, they, it, everything led to that, and it it delivered in every sense. I, I just I can't I can't imagine you not liking that as a wrestling fan. Like that character is so over now. It's quite possibly the most over character in the business. Like easily, so all the reports I heard from SummerSlam, you know, people who were on the ground there, all the merch that they had, the most merch they had of any superstar was the Fiend, was Bray Wyatt, and that's crazy for someone who actually hasn't technically wrestled until Sunday. For them to be pushing it, they, they I think they know that they've caught lightning in a bottle, and they're yeah. they're going to ride this thing to the end. You know, we'll we'll talk about why the hell this dude was missing from Raw and SmackDown a little bit later. But in terms of the SummerSlam debut and everything else with with him, they absolutely knocked it at the park. They made him wrestle with the mask on, which we, you know I know you, me, and Larson talked about on last week's show, uh, last week's preview show. Incredible, yeah, in, in yeah. freaking credible. He even did the 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 backwards crab yeah. thing that he he used to do, and it, it was perfect i mean i can't i if you haven't seen it if you're a wrestling fan and for some reason you just haven't seen it yet find it on youtube go watch it it's incredible the entrance uh, alone as of yesterday had like two million views just had a million entrance. views in less than 24 hours on youtube like that's Un- fucking incredible for an entrance not even yeah. the rest of the match i mean the match was again it was what it was it was, it was a semi-squash but wow i you know 
we're just we're just blown away and if I, i'm excited to see where this goes next um i actually you know you me and Nafla were actually texting about this before we hopped on the air and we we legitimately don't know we had we throw out all these te- uh possible opponents and they're all possible but um it's still really 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 up in the air yeah, and I mean, I just about every possibility that we actually put put out there were were very solid and things that we liked. There's a couple that are are kind of middling in terms of like the impact that we have they would have. But I think at this point, he is so over and that character is so over. You got to put him into a main a main event, uh, a feud uh, with a big time star. I mean, it's you're wasting his talent if you're not. Uh, let's move on to what the main event was on uh, on Sunday, and that's Seth versus Brock. And I have to say, personally, I was pleasantly surprised at this match. This was way, way better than I imagined. Uh, I'm sure you you thought the same thing. Uh, each guy, to me, had their moments. Brock actually worked a legit match, which is crazy to think, considering like, whenever he does get in the ring, he works for maybe like five minutes. And this one... I want to say it was in the I think ten minutes. It was, minute 10. It was yeah. like a, a, ten or a little bit over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. They they told a really great story. Uh, Seth reversing the the Germans. I thought that was great. Uh, Brock kicking out of the stomps. Seth kicking out of the F five. I mean, everything about it was great. And and also the the moment, the viral moment where Brock was literally like swinging Seth around on his um, his rib tape. I mean, that was incredible. I thought it was. I thought it was much better than than I anticipated, and and bravo to both of them. And I think it really did elevate Seth back up to that level that he was three, four months ago, right after beating Seth or beating Brock at at WrestleMania. And it's crazy too because the crowd was ready to turn on Seth. And you know, Toronto crowd is always funky, right? Like Rock Hogan. You know, Rock was technically the face heading into that match. They they immediately flipped on him. Uh, immediately started, you know, backing Hogan. So you you felt that that could happen here, and it was almost not even just Toronto in ge- in general. It was just, it was just wrestling fans were ready to kind of flip on Seth because, you know, for whatever reason, and it it was just crazy to watch him win the crowd back in the middle of the match. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes a special talent to be able to do that because once a crowd, especially wrestling fans, (laughs) have made up their mind, they will stick to that, you know, for as long as possible. Like, look at the John Cena's and Roman Reigns's of the world, right? Like, these are guys that that WWE and Vince tried to push and that they wanted you to cheer, but, you know, WWE fans, we pushed back. Um, And Seth, to be kind of on the precipice of that, right, to be kind of in that Roman-Cena range, he to win him to win them back was with the frog splash off of the uh, off the pole to, uh, to the table to the table incredible that 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 spot was I mean it was kind of underrated because when I first saw it I was like oh that's crazy you know we've kind of seen that before with someone going off the turnbuckle and hitting the table he went to the far left table it wasn't even the 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 Spanish announce table or the uh, the table with Graves Cole and uh, and Renee which is a little bit closer he went to the far left table. Right, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit further of a jump, and if you actually watch it back, he doesn't fully connect with the frog splash, but it, like it almost doesn't matter because the the length that he actually had to jump was already kind of insane, and the fact that he made it was super impressive. And and, and from then on, you know, the crowd realized like, oh shit, like this is our dude, um, and th- which leads me to this whole other thing that with kind of wrestling fans in general is just like. We're like Seth is an example, right? Like we were so ready for him to beat Brock for the title at Mania. Kofi, same thing. Becky, mm-hmm. same thing. And it was 
there were times in at this pay-per-view specifically too where they were ready to turn on them so quickly and it, it, it just kind of made me sad a little bit as like a wrestling fan to see how like fickle we are and that how we are just we 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 oh, want to flip it like so quickly I, you know I, and it, it takes like, like a like, pound of flesh to almost convince us otherwise but i wouldn't say like fickle i think we just know what we want and like if we're getting force fed something that we don't like then it's gonna we're gonna react to it like i think what we were getting we were why a lot of people were actually turning on seth is because like we were being force fed like this white meat baby face that like we all agree that seth is not a great white meat baby face he needs some edge to him like that's when seth is at his best if he's like squeaky clean like he just doesn't come across as genuine like we want a genuine product like if we can start to see like it being fabricated then we're not going to want to to root for it or or want to get behind it and i think that's the thing with seth is like we have to feel that he's super genuine or or it's just going to fall back into the things that were happening 2 3 months ago it's just like fans are going to stop caring and i think that was kind of showing on monday like he came out and he gave like this super squeaky clean baby face promo and to me, I was just like, this isn't what I want to see. I want to see Seth saying, like, I'm the fucking man. Deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And, you know, to an extent, I do agree with you. I just think, like, the fact that we're ready to turn on them as performers and as people when, like, they're just they're doing their jobs, right? But, like, like we're reacting to characters. We And we are, which is fair. But it's also, like, we are... <laughs> which I think is interesting too, right? It's like they're characters. Like we're already investing in ourselves into this imaginary world, right? And it's to kind of get upset about that and like the, the, these guys and girls like putting their bodies and their their lives like on the line every night. And I'm not saying that we have to just be appreciative of that, but I, I do think that the, the sometimes there's just a little we're we're a little too quick. Um, from a personal perspective, to kind of go there, right? And we just say, and that you know leads us to like, oh, WWE sucks. AEW is going to be you know kick their ass or whatever. Or, you know, Seth doesn't deserve to be champion. When in fact, like none of that is actually true, right? Like Seth does deserve to be a champion. He keeps proving it over and over again. And like you know, he on Monday his his promo or you know him and AJ their showdown or whatever. He was back to being a babyface, and it wasn't exactly like the you know. Rollins with an edge and maybe he might get there but I do think we have to let these people who are like especially kind of like going to the top uh, who've never really really fully been there I think we got there's got to be some adjustment period right where you're like all right we're gonna I'm gonna give you some time like figure this out and albeit Seth's run after Mania like wasn't perfect because of you know they they threw in the whole Becky thing and I think they realized like that was a mistake but um it was just interesting to see all I'm saying is like like look we're we're obviously all, we can have our own opinions about this right that's this is why we do this is this is what makes us wrestling fans like this is what um why we obsess over this stuff is because we have these opinions i'm just saying it was, it was just like really gla- interesting to me to watch that like unfold live right where you're like oh shit like Seth's gonna be booed the whole match and by the end the whole arena was behind him it, it was just it was so funny to just kind of f- watch that f- literally flip well, in think- person yeah, I mean, I, I think they appreciate the the level of work that he was putting in and the level of work that Brock was putting in as well. I mean, both of them were actually putting in a really solid match. Really um, good. Yeah. I, I, I got to call myself out, too, because, you know, I've, everyone who's listening to this podcast has heard me, like, shit on Brock every <laughs> every episode I've, I've had the chance to. And 
in this match, he was selling his ass off. Right? I mean, like, that's the he thing. He was like, incredible. And that, that, that like, that's, you, you, um, you know, sometimes as wrestling fans, I feel like we have blinders on and you just kind of see what you want to see, right? Like, selling is half of the game. You I mean, know, we'll, it's, it's kind of like offense and defense, like exactly in basketball. I mean, we'll t- so we'll we'll talk about that more when it comes to like the spear conversation that we're gonna have later in the show. But like, that is one thing that Brock never gets the the just do for is my guy sells like a motherfucker, like a he, champ. Yeah. He knows how to make somebody look like a million bucks. Obviously, he doesn't sell a lot because they want it to make it look like he's a monster. But like, if you go back to his match with AJ. He sold like fucking crazy. He made AJ look like like look great. Obviously, AJ always looks great, but like he really sold it, and like he did it on Sunday too. Like if they're gonna book it in a way where it allows him to to take um, the other person's offense, like he's gonna sell. He's gonna do his best to make the other person look great. So I, I think I think on Sunday, I think a lot of it had to do with just people being appreciative of what they were doing within the ring and that's why like the the entire feeling within the arena even online changed about halfway through is because they realized oh these guys are going to put on an actual match and it's going to be good and they're going to tell a story um let's move on because we are i mean we got a lot of things to talk about next like another big thing to me and and this kind of goes back to like the selling and making the other person look like a million bucks the big one for me was charlotte versus trish oh she was putting in words dude crazy charlotte deserves a raise for that i mean she made trish look like she hasn't she she's been in the ring for the past 10 years like obviously trish has been gone for a while but man like charlotte really did her job and made trish look like a million bucks in her hometown that had to been the best trish match i've seen in what, like fifteen years? In a lot, something I mean, like that. Yeah, in a long time, and it was you could tell Trish had some ring rust, and it wasn't even a lot. You could see it from time to time, right? Just timing was off on certain on certain points during the match. But Charlotte more than covered up for it because she was ready to sell every single thing. And it's crazy because they, there's a significant height difference there. Yeah, right. And as a short person myself, <laughs> I can tell you just when you interact and like especially physically with anyone who's that much taller than you it's difficult to just pull anything off and for for both of them to you know put that match together to make it look good and to kind of even give you the feeling that oh shit trish might pull this off uh you know that's that's just really really good storytelling and really really good wrestling by two of the best right and you know yeah like you know charlotte was on she that was next level stuff man like she just proved once again why she's probably she might already be the best women's wrestler ever just yeah. like from a whole package and it was it was really really fun to watch because uh, like we've said before on the show charlotte kind of toils sometimes especially recently in this no man's land or no woman's land i guess you could say where you know she's not really vying for the championship right now but you know she would and she didn't have really a f- she wasn't feuding with anyone so i think this kind of proved to everyone probably fan wise and in the back that you know she's ready to be the champion for as many times you know she could beat her dad's record she probably will yeah. um at some point and it, and, it, and it will be rightfully so yeah and this i mean to me like i i'm pretty vocal in my opinion about charlotte and her position like i i would i'm not a huge fan of her always consistent like consistently being in the title picture but like watching this match i'm like oh this is why like she's head and shoulders above everybody else she's just so fucking good she is so good and i'm like this is exactly why they continue to put her in the title picture and continue to have her in the main event picture is because she is just that damn good 
Um, and I, I couldn't speak highly of this match, or couldn't speak any higher of this match. I thought Charlotte did a great job, and I thought Trish really brought it. So all in all, I thought that was great. Uh, moving on, like we ha- we also had AJ versus Ricochet. To me, this match was so-so. I mean, obviously they had... They had some really strong spots. I, th- I think the spot where Ricochet actually ran on the shoulders of the OC to give that was AJ great. the Herna Karana, that, <laughs> yeah, was, that, that was, was really cool. Uh, but, I mean, everybody is talking about that finish. To me, that was top class. That was that was one insane. Ha- one hell of a way to get into a Styles Clash. I thought that was great. That's one of the best reversals I've ever seen, period. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, it's orchestrated, but... Even still, to catch I mean, a dude, a lot. That takes a lot of skill and like on both ends, right? Because yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of skill for AJ to catch him, but for Ricochet to be like, all right, I got to keep my legs, or I got to like catch him right where he can immediately convert that to the Styles Clash. That was crazy. That was crazy, crazy timing. Um, and like you said, it was an it was an okay match. It was we've seen them do it before, right? Like that's mm-hmm. and they've kind of I think maxed out on what they could do with it, unless you start adding you know, a ladder, a cage, and then maybe you can kind of figure things out. But they've all matches that they've had together have been really, really solid. But that finish was that was special. Like, I haven't yeah. seen anything like that before. Yeah, I thought it was interesting also that they cha- they kind of changed it up in the sense of like they worked the leg, the leg injury with Ricochet. And obviously Ricochet found ways to kind of counteract that way by doing uh, jumps with with one foot or 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 just doing other offense. But like. It was a different way to kind of tell their match, but yeah, I mean, we've kind of seen it before. Also, I want to apologize to all the <laughs> DC wrestling fans that I annoyed on Twitter. I, I, I had sent out a tweet saying Ricochet enters the Spider-Verse, and I got so much hate from the DC fans saying that he was dressed as Nightwing. I saw it. I tried to apologize to as many of you as possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was like, Jesus, man, I got, I got a lot of heat there. Hey man, as as Roman Reigns always says, any reaction is a good reaction. If people aren't <laughs> reacting to you, that means you ain't shit. So you uh, just because you were flat out wrong, <laughs> doesn't I mean, mean I you're guy, any less of a human. I had a guy just tell me like straight up like, "It's Nightwing, go check your facts." I'm like, man, I'm not checking facts. I'm on Twitter. Like, just relax. I'm not gonna lie though. When I first saw that, so the, the one that started becoming me and the one the one of him in the corner, kind of in between the ropes, yeah. looking actually in a Spider-Man pose. That's that was my my, thought. my first thought was Spider Verse. Like I didn't tweet it um, because you were you were running the account at that time. But it was once I saw it, I was like, yeah, I liked it. I hit the retweet, and then once I saw the vitriol that came through, I was like, looking at my <laughs> phone. I was like, what are these responses? This is this is wild. Oh um, man! But it was uh, again, any attention is good attention, especially in wrestling. Yeah. All right. Speaking of wild, we'll, we'll, we're going to shift gears slightly. We're going to talk a little bit more about NXT. Obviously, the big thing we want to talk about is that Adam Cole Johnny Gargano match. Um, we were at a, to be fair, we were at a birthday party that night, and we were watching this on a phone at a bar, doing our best to stay in touch as much as possible. I went back and rewatched it. Um, this match was incredible from start to finish. These two are just dynamite in the ring, in my opinion. I, I, I. I they can wrestle forever. Obviously, they're not going to. It seems like Johnny is going to move on from NXT. They ha- he had the thank you chance uh, after the match, um, but that finish, the the, oh the fall God. off the top of the cage into the table. I think they even missed the table. Uh, they they did pretty well to land on. I th- I feel like Cole had the brunt of that impact more so, and the fact that he had the wherewithal to pin Johnny after was really impressive. But 
it was a from where the, again look to jump from that far to hit anything <laughs> was yeah and to not kill yourself was already super impressive but um it, it was like that ending was amazing and it was it was just a great way to kind of bookend that rivalry it was the third match of that match itself you know the two or three falls and the third match in this series um yeah the criticism online was a little absurd i i saw one that said it was too long that they were kind of indulging in their own egos it's like dude you're blowing off a major storyline here with the NXT championship. With two of the best wrestlers on the, the planet. Be- you don't want to see them, like we say right? all the time, like I could watch these two dudes, you know, after a great match, I could watch these two dudes or these two girls wrestle forever. And you're going to complain that it was an hour long? Like, come on, man. Like, appreciate what we have. Like, this is this is everything that we wish was every week, like on Raw and SmackDown. And they, they just threw, like, they threw it caution to the wind and were diving off of a freaking the top of a cage when, oh, my God. It was, so, like, if you're one of these people who didn't like this match, I'm, I don't, again, I like the, uh, like, the people who don't like The Fiend or didn't like The Fiend, I don't know what to tell you. It's, and you need to really look within your soul as a wrestling fan and figure <laughs> some shit out because this was, this was an incredible match with two incredible wrestlers. And I, I do, th- I mean, what do you think? Does, I think Gargano's going to go up, right? Like, he has to. There's nothing left for him to do at NXT. Yeah, I don't, I, it's, he's in a weird spot. I mean, obviously, they didn't put him on Raw or SmackDown. I'm wondering if he, he's going to take a little bit of a break. Obviously, after that match, he could probably use it. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and, like, maybe just allow himself to, allow that character to, to be refreshed a little bit. And he can probably come back in a week, maybe two weeks, right before Clash of Champions. Um, I don't I mean, know. He, I, he had a cup of coffee up on the main roster, and he looked he looked like he belonged. Uh, I just so, don't. The one thing I don't want him to do is I don't want him to be pushed to two hundred five live because I feel like I he'll was just, I was literally just thinking that he'll just sit there in obscurity just because nobody watches two hundred five live. So it's like put him on the main roster. If you're gonna put him on the main roster, put him on SmackDown or Raw and let him let him have a feud with Andrade or. Uh, Rey Mysterio or shit. Ooh, put him in there. Him and Andrade. Hey, that's that's fancy booking or, right there. Or you can put him if you want to really push him, since he was the biggest star probably in NXT history. Give him in. The, put him in there with Knock for the IC title. Right when he comes. Hell yeah! Because uh, my God, Knock was him. Knock wasn't anywhere to be seen. This whole the twelve hours. I didn't see Nakamura. By the way. Yeah, I mean, just reward what the, him. What? What it, is happening? Another really strong match in my opinion on that NXT card was actually the triple threat match for the, for the North American title. This one really really caught me by surprise. I was not expecting Dream to go over here. I thought for oh, sure Oh, we were we were watching this at the uh at the brewery as well and we yeah. were both shocked by the ending. I mean, I can't believe this. Like to me, like he deserved to go up to the main roster. It took me a little bit of time to actually think about this. Like if they are going to move NXT to FS1 and eventually move that show to 2 hours, like I guess you keep him and you make him that second biggest star behind Adam Cole, and he can really kind of elevate any kind of mid-level talent um, because he is so over. Um, but, I mean, all in all, this match was great. I mean, all three of these guys are really, really strong in the ring. I think you can continue this feud with at least one of them with Dream, um, continue to have some fun with it, and, and put on solid matches. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 was, I was shocked. Were you? Oh no, for sure. I, I was convinced. I was convinced Dream was getting called up, and I, I think he thinks he's been being ready to get called up for the past couple of years. But it just seemed like it was time. Um, like he's accomplished everything, you know, down in NXT. 
uh, not down in NXT, uh, aside from the NXT title. But, you know, putting it on Dunn or Stronger, it, it just kind of made sense, especially putting it on Roddy. It just would have made sense from the whole um, uh, Undisputed Era having all the titles. Obviously, uh, we didn't O'Reilly and Fish lost the first match of the night. So that kind of, once they lost, I knew Roddy wasn't going to win. Yeah, <laughs> so that makes sense. It, uh, it, it was like, I don't know if Dunn's ready for this. So I, I was shocked. I don't know if I was you know completely shocked that uh, Dream won because he's, I mean, he's, he's so good, dude. That, that elbow drop from across, uh, basically coast-to-coast the, the, elbow drop. The coast-to-coast? Yeah, <sighs> that was crazy. I was, I, I I watched it back today, um, and the whole Toronto Raptors entrance was a little. It was a little bit too much pandering, in my opinion. I was like, yeah, I get. And maybe I'm just saying that because I'm a Warriors fan. And I'm still like a little bit bitter, but it was like, what is, what? Why? Why are all these people just randomly celebrating before the before Dream comes out? So that was the, that was the worst part of the match. So, and that, <laughs> that's that, fair. That's something to say <laughs> about just how good this was overall. Speaking of Raptors, like related things at, uh, this weekend, like Kofi's gear on Sunday, whew, top notch. Oh, it was really good. Man. And the shoes too. Did you see the, the shoes? shoes? Like, yeah, top to bottom was really everything. Good. About, even Ko Ko had the shirt too. I mean, yeah, that was a uh, Raptor well, shirt. Yeah, I, but even though it was, was kind of plain. So, it, like, I, I, it, for me, like, when I think of the Raptors, I think of mid to late 90s. Yeah. Well, the, Jurassic what, Park with their, like, the uh, their dinosaur. expansion jerseys. Yeah. yeah. Purple stripes, the, the cartoon dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. my, that's my favorite one. I have, I have a Tracy McGrady jersey and it's, that's oh, my pride that's, and joy. That's an incredible jersey. Yeah. Huge fan of it. All right. Moving back to Smack or to SummerSlam. Um, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the, the Becky Natalia match. I thought this one was incredible and a great way to start off the, the card on Sunday, or the pay-per-view card at least. Um, I thought this submission stipulation was perfect for both of them. And it, it really this might have been my favorite Natalia match of all time. I, I, th- I think I texted you this, or maybe I tweeted it. I forgot now, but I mean... It, you know, this was the best she'd looked in a long time, and that—that's not to say she's not good because she is really good. It's well, just she I doesn't mean, get she doesn't get the time to showcase it as much as this match. Yeah, which you know she's like she's getting squashed all the time on like Raw or or whatever. You know, she's losing to the Riot Squad for like the ninetieth time. But it was she. I mean, that sharpshooter on the top rope was. Ooh. That was a great spot. I mean, my back hurt just watching that, oh, and I unreal. hurt my back. I hurt my back last weekend. I could barely walk. But Were you man, also putting the sharpshooter? Was that what? <laughs> no, I was picking up my kids' toys. I'm an yeah, old so man the equi- now. The equivalent. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, everything she did, she did with authority, and she made it look violent. And I was like, this is what I want to see from Natalia. And then she, I mean, kind of skipping ahead, she followed it up with just a terrible, terrible promo on Monday Night Raw. I hated it, every single bit of that. The mic, the mic stuff's not her her forte for yeah. sure. The, and that was really just a vehicle for Sasha's, for Sasha's return, return, which but. we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, that was she was just more the vehicle because they're friends and and whatnot. So um, I get it. It was definitely it was definitely a tough watch. Again, that's just not her strong suit. Um, yeah. But wrestling, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's very very I mean, good at it. I mean, yeah, if she's able to put that sharpshooter in, it's that. It looked great. I mean, every time she put it in, I think she put it in like three times, and it, every time it looked great. Yeah. On the other hand, Becky putting in the sharpshooter, not as good. It looked no. fucking awful. She was it's like, tough. Have you ever tried to apply a sharpshooter? Of course. I yeah. mean, my Me, brother yeah. and I would wrestle all the time, and I would put the sharpshooter on. He put me in the Boston Crab, and I thought my back broke in half. Like, 
it was the bo- have you been put the worst one i've been put in i was in the fourth grade and my friend put me in the figure four for the entirety of recess and i couldn't walk for two jesus days. yeah your it, friend's it, a savage it was it was pretty <laughs> ridiculous uh, oh and you didn't re- you couldn't reverse it look man after five minutes, when you're nine, and you're just not you're not thinking just, about the reversal, you're just trying to get the hell out of there. Just re- just roll over, reverse the pressure. Well, yeah, I'll go it. tell my nine year old self to just reverse it. <laughs> Travel and, back in time. Reverse, yeah, reverse the pressure. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we were thinking about back then. All right, um, let, let's move on. Uh, another huge thing that happened over the weekend is, to me, the return of the really good spear. Because we've been going through a time where like Roman was the only guy doing a spear, and to be honest, Roman spear is trash like it's real bad um but you had edge shock everybody return and give a spear to elias and that, i think every i think i i screamed <laughs> i was watching i was just i was alone in the house i was watching my daughter and I, because that was easily easily the most shocking moment of the night definitely right because and this was on the pre-show which made it even more shocking but he hasn't done any in-contact ring work in eight years. I, I, I literally today just rewatched his retirement speech. It was 2011. Like He hasn't done anything physical in the ring since then. I, I know there was that spot. I with think the Seth. shield was, yeah, was, it was like, or it was, it was with Seth, it yeah, was the, the authority, authority yeah. and they were you know threatening to break his neck or whatever. But it, it wasn't, like the spear is very much connected to the neck in terms of the impact. So, if, he, if he didn't hit it right, or if Elias didn't protect him, right? Jesus, man, it would have been a bad scene. I think everybody but in it, the arena and at home was like, holding but that, that's why it was breath. so shocking because yeah. you, it looked like you know Elias was he was gearing up for a physical altercation. Edge had that look in his eyes where you're like, no, he's just probably going to cut a promo on him, and then maybe Christian will come out and like they'll do a concerto, something something where it's like it's not too physical. But when he started charging, I, I out loud screamed and said, oh, shit. <laughs> and the impact that he made, it was obviously a great spear. Edge has a great spear. But, you know, the hair pull down where he's like really, when he used to do that in, in his heyday. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, during his, his championship runs where he was like a psychotic killer almost. Like that just really brought back really good memories of Edge. Was, he's an all timer, man. He's, he was so good. And that had to feel good for him to just do to have that moment in Toronto, especially. Definitely, yeah. I, I, that was, like you said, the biggest surprise of, of the night, and I, I, I popped for it as well. I also popped for for Goldberg just completely fucking smashing Dolph Ziggler. That uh, that first year was crazy. I mean, I I'm not a huge fan of Dolph Ziggler, but I will say this: that man knows how to sell, oh, and he's he made Goldberg look yeah. fucking incredible. He made Goldberg look great. Uh, all those spears were awesome. I thought, like, after the second one, when he came down and, and, and Dolph called him back out again, I was like, okay, let's not do this. And, and obviously Dolph did it again on Monday night. But, like, I hate that. I hate that gimmick. It's so stupid. It makes zero sense. It, but, it, like, it, it, it is, but him, like, talking on the ground... It was just really funny. Like he wasn't—he he wasn't even looking. He oh. wasn't even looking at where they were. That's what just made it funny to me. It was like he can't even see where they are. He has—he's just really talking into the air. Um, but that—that that spear that he sold, where he stood up, oh was man, amazing. That was like so the he, Rock taking the stunner and like then getting back like, up yeah, and flipping like, out the ring. That was—I mean, every single one that he he sold was was great. The first one though, I mean, that for like that was surprising at the rate at the way it looked. 
because um, I, I mean that was like vintage Goldberg spear like it just looked super brutal and that's all Dolph just kind of selling it and making it look great and then you have Buddy Murphy tonight on Smackdown just selling the shit out of Roman spear and making yep. it look great um, I think that uh, I just love it when the other guy does his job and really makes the, the, the person that needs to go over make him look like a million bucks and I think Dolph and Buddy both did that. I think Elias, in his in his way, like that was going to go over no matter what. But his job was really like just make sure Edge doesn't hit his head when he comes down. Like exactly just protect him. Yeah. But like no, for, and for, yeah, that goes back to what I was saying earlier of just like we we sometimes forget that half of this game is like yes, the high flying offense and all the stuff that we love to watch. You know that's what pays the bills essentially. It's like offense, right? In the NBA, that's what scores the points. But what wins championships and what makes you kind of irreplaceable and elite is on the defensive end. And, and in wrestling, that that is selling, right? Like yep. it's the other half of the equation that we we often forget about because we're so enamored with, you know, super kicks and spears and, you know, superplexes and, and whatnot. So it was it was really cool to just see, especially these three guys just, I mean, two and a half. I, Elias did, did, you know, he was fine. But uh, Dolph and, and Buddy Murphy just crazy crazy good sellers and, and you know as we mentioned earlier brock did a hell of a job in charlotte so it was it was just a good weekend of selling you know yeah, the art I mean, of like, selling is, is is back baby yeah, yeah and i mean like we can we can jump ahead and we'll we'll get back to sasha's we'll talk about sasha's return uh, a little later but like you can also look at monday night's match with cedric alexander and drew mcintyre like yes that match was completely all about the selling like drew mcintyre is a monster and and obviously cedric was a former 205 live champion like so it's like when you watch it as a as a casual, like, well, how is the two hundred five guy gonna really make, uh, really go over if, if Drew doesn't do his job and really make sell all of Cedric's offense? And that's what Drew did. He really made Cedric look like a viable contender and a viable threat by selling everything. And then obviously when he ends up winning, Cedric did everything in his power to make it look like the the worst kick imaginable. Like he did a backflip, and it just looked like it looked incredible. Yep, the way that like Drew McIntyre actually finished that match. So like, like you said, the artist selling is back. I think it's it's so important to the product, um, and you need you need both both workers to buy into it. And I think like Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre that match on Monday night, which is phenomenal. They both got a lot more time than I would have imagined on a Monday night show. They put on a show, uh, and it just all goes back to they both committed to the fact that they were going to make each other look great and um, yeah that just kind of goes also to the point of you know we we talked drew mcintyre up on this show a lot and he really deserves and needs that push right it's yes yeah. it's, it's been what since this is episode 21 now we we've been talking since episode one right after wrestlemania that we were we were convinced that he was next in line for a title push we thought he was mr money in the bank right yeah exactly and he clearly deserves it like he's he has the look he has the the offensive repertoire to do it and he can sell like him and seth they've obviously wrestled before in a bunch of tag matches so good but that would be unreal and like Drew, I think, could draw some really good promos out of Seth too. Just, um, just Drew's pretty good. Like he he plays his role the right way. Um, so it, I, I'm just hoping that this is the catalyst to kind of move him on to the next phase of his career because he he deserved it so much. He's he's just put in a lot of good work, especially like this dude 
was fired from the company. He was part years of Three MB. Three MB, legendary group. Three MB, <laughs> uh, with Heath Slater and uh, Jinder Mahal. Like th- that's crazy. Um, to see where he is now, and maybe they're slow playing it. Maybe they know that end game is he will be a heel champ. Um, you know when you know Brock kind of rides off in the sunset, and you know maybe he's a new long term heel champ. That you know kind of in like a Randy Orton, Triple yeah. H type role, which you know I'm all for because he's fantastic. But the, uh, he's the work that he's been putting in with Cedric specifically as of late has been phenomenal. Yeah, I would allow them to slow play it to, to Rumble if they slow no, yeah, play it and have him point, win the you, Rumble. I'm fine with that. At this point, you might as well, right? Like we're almost there. <laughs> we're almost yeah. at Rumble. That's so, crazy to think too. Jesus. <laughs> I know. It's just, you know these these I I think now in terms of time and in, in like t- weeks of podcasts, right? Like yeah. oh, we're recording on Tuesday. It, like even when the ne- when this episode drops, I'm like, I'm already thinking about the next show and just you know what we're doing. So um, thinking ahead. But speaking of thinking ahead, we have bills to pay, or we can't be doing. Oh no, we got one more thing to talk about. Oh no, we we do rewind. The biggest thing to happen on Monday night, and that is the return of our girl, Sasha Motherfucking Banks is back. That's me applauding. Standing oh, over my, my God. It's about damn time. Holy cow. I did not expect it to happen on Monday. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see her come out and also turn heel. That was great. I was not expecting the wig change, which I still don't quite understand. This reminded me of Sting taking off the mask and having the Sting makeup still yeah, on. Like, yeah, everything just seems... Sting makeup. Like... It was that was the only thing I had a gripe with. Everything else was great. She was vicious. That great. is the those, Sasha Banks. That those are some stiff chair shots she was giving her friend also, Becky. Lynch. Did you see like the? I think it might have been Ryan Satin, Satin that actually had the video of the camera crew. Yeah, the camera guys going up and down. I hate that man. Ooh. It also looked like Sasha clipped Becky on the back of the head with the first chair shot. Like it looked like it kind of missed. Yeah. Um, but man, that is the Sasha that I loved. The vicious boss sasha that's when she's at her best when she's a heel she's so good when she's a face she's like bailey level bland like it's that bad so like put her in as a heel i would would not be mad at her ending becky's title run uh at clash of champions i think that's just a a cool way to freshen things up and maybe you can have them feud going to survivor series and possibly uh extending that out to rumble I mean, we've been saying for weeks that the Raw women's division needed a jolt. <laughs> and oh, this is exactly it. what they needed because she, her and Becky in the ring, you actually think that she can win, right? Especially that, I mean, even before this attack, which was amazing, it was vicious, it was everything that we want from Sasha, but her and Becky just, you know, toe-to-toe, you're like, oh, she, just visually, aesthetically, it looks like she could beat her. Yeah. The, the past couple of feuds that Becky's had since she won, since she's won, you know, Lacey and and then Natty is like, I I didn't fully buy into it. I don't think anyone did. I think that was the issue with with the Becky rivalries, right? Heading even though again, it took, on a great match at SummerSlam. Yeah. It, it was just it was just tough to believe that they were really going to take down the most popular person in the company. Right. It it really did take till Sunday for Becky to have a, a decent to good match. Uh, since before WrestleMania. It's been that long. Uh, and I think now that Sasha has returned, we can have a series of really, really good matches. Um, and I think that's only going to help Becky. Um, and obviously, having Sasha is only going to help the entire Raw women's roster. So uh, I'm excited. I still don't want... I, I, I want answers about the wig change just so I can fully get understand, <laughs> like, understand what that was. It was... Uh, I was watching it with my wife, and she goes... 
Oh, thank God that that's a wig because <laughs> when she came down, I was like, her hair looks awful. It didn't so look great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, when she came out, I was like, why is it? It looks like it would look clumpy. It was just like huge. It was like it was about to cover her face. And when she took it off, it made more sense. But even then, I mean, obviously, I think it was just a visualization of the heel turn. I think that's really all it was. I I re- I was really googling. Like, were there any other explanations, right? Like, is there a blue, this blue have was, a signification for I Sasha? I was nervous that they were, like, starting the Survivor Series feuds already. And I was like, please don't let this be, like, Sasha is Team SmackDown. And that's it. And I was like... like oh, yeah, that'd be weird. I was like, thank God. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not it. So, like, hopefully, like, they can continue this, like, just continue the heat going forward. And then eventually at Clash of Champions, we can have a really good match. Now... Let's go pay some bills. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> We're going to take a break, quick break from our SummerSlam party here. Let's talk to our friends over at sportsinformationtraders.com. Football season is here, people. Oh, God. i, I got to start preparing for my fancy draft. <laughs> it's time to start placing your bets for NFL and college football. Blue Wire is teaming up with sports information traders and the legend, John Price, one of the world's most successful sports bettors. So our listeners are given the chance to make more money on football this season. So go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue and get the college football and NFL futures plays and make up to 15 times your money for only a $99 investment. This might be good for you, Jay. You, you oh, are man. a gambling degenerate. <laughs> Last could be year, bad for me. It could be bad. Last year, sports information traders correctly predicted the Clemson Tigers to win the college football championship, making one client alone. Are you ready for this? $110,000. The year before that, Kurt Presley of Sports Information Traders made $1 million with a preseason wager on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. John Price and the Sports Information Traders team can guide you on the best ways to make money on futures bets and preseason football betting picks. You get all of that for just $99 and the opportunity to make 15 times your money. It's totally worth getting Sports Information Traders betting picks. Sports information traders have been featured in ESPN, Gambling, 911.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, and many more. John Price has has been successfully making money on betting on sports for over 20 years, making a big return for small investment with sports information traders' futures picks. Get started now by going to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Again, make sure you go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue to have your chance at a 15% rate return this football betting season. Oh, you might you might have to look into this and let me know oh, how you do. My God, my I, wife's I, gonna kill me. <laughs> but you're just tell her you have a chance at a fifteen times return. But so, like, I get into this mode where I start winning and then I start making like stupid live bets where I'm like betting the first half of Wake Forest versus Boston College. Oh, you like, yeah. Jesus Christ, you have a. Problem. I'm worrying about like a pick six. Like that is, I don't want to be living like that on a Sunday. You, are you feeling good about your Chargers, real quick? I hate the Chargers. Oh yeah, that's right. They moved. They moved. I burned everything. Like, legitimately burned everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I opened I'm up a, a wound. I'm a kind of Niners fan now. Like, it's been really... Ooh. So, like, for the past uh, three years now, since San Diego, or since the Chargers left, like, I've been kind of casually watching football on Sundays, or I'm not, like, fully invested. And I gotta say, it's so much better for my mental health. Like That is true. Like, yeah. I just don't have to worry about jack shit anymore, except for, like, doing it can, laundry on Sundays. One game can ruin your day. And especially if, if it's a 10 a.m. game... Forget it. The rest of the day is shot. As a like a Chargers fan growing up, like every other Sunday, I would be fucking miserable because they do something stupid. Especially in the playoffs, where I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know, kill me now." Like I don't like 
yeah, I. Jesus. Okay. My the Chargers are a perfect segue into uh, <laughs> the things we didn't like from, from yes. this weekend. So first off, and this pains me to say, Kofi and Orton wasn't wasn't it was good. Kind of bland. And, well, and the ending. Well, the, the ending matches. was really. The ending was real. Like if they knew that that was the ending that they were going towards, like there was nothing really to build to. Because if you had this amazing match, I feel like it would have been even more worse and more disappointing if they had this amazing match, like a potential five star classic, and then just ended in a double countout. Yeah. Right? Like so, I feel like they were kind of mailing it in in essence. So it was it was really, really rough. That being said, it did get really interesting tonight on SmackDown. Yeah, I thought like. I love that like they they introduced um, the revival in there too. So they had a they had a three way match with or a, a six man six man tag right. uh, with the new day and the revival and Randy Orton and and like to me it was like vintage Randy Orton. He was vicious and I love that. Um, I'm not a huge Randy Orton guy, but to see him kind of get back to his roots that was really nice for me. Him picking uh, and choosing each new day member to RKO was pretty legit i was like oh this is this is ruthless yeah um, also can you hear my dog like lapping up his water next to me i can't yeah did he not enjoy the match either uh that yeah he's just <laughs> not enjoying it right now it's also like it's been like 105 yeah i don't house. i don't even blame him. all all our listeners it's been it got it was it's freakishly hot here in the bay area um so you know Bear with us while Jeremy's dog <laughs> takes care of business, man. You got to hydrate. We're gonna... uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to sleep in a room that's like 80 degrees tonight. So he oh, is. Yeah. Hell no. I know, <laughs> it's it's all, oh, speaking of hell no. Bailey versus. Just, what a fucking transition, by the way. <laughs> Bailey versus. Right. Ember. That was good. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> I, please do. Bailey versus Ember Moon. Jesus, this was probably the worst match of the weekend to me. Like, this just fell flat on everything. Like, what happened to Bailey being a compelling character and pretty strong in-ring worker? I feel like she's just ever since she's been up to the main roster, it's just been like letdown after letdown after letdown after letdown. And I Is really she, like Bailey. Yeah, no, she's really good. She's she's she had the tools to be really good. The the issue with this was it was, I think it was doomed to fail from the beginning when they set it up because it's a face versus face match, right? Like True, yeah. there's no real heat. So I think it is gearing towards next be being like a Bailey Charlotte, you know, for the title and then on the raw side, which again, four horsewomen alert is gonna be uh Becky and Sasha. So I do think like maybe this was them just doing the slow build and they knew Charlotte was gonna face Trish. So they needed to find someone they were let's you know, they figured let's give Ember a shot because she she's good. She um, was doing her damnedest to get this thing over. She was yeah, pulling the, out the, all the, the stuff. The crowd was, the, like, I feel like everyone went on a bathroom break. Right? Exactly, yeah. But, like, it was just I, I can't fault Amber Moon here. Like, she was doing everything she could to try to get this thing to work. And it just it just didn't. And that's a shame. Um, but, yeah, let's. Another thing that's pretty much a, a huge shame for all of us, and I still can't believe this is a thing, is Shane McMahon will not leave us alone. Uh, the guy is still on TV. Still He's still a central heel. Uh, him and KO are still going at it after KO kicked him in the nuts and gave him the stunner at SummerSlam. I don't think we're ever going to get rid of him. I think he's here to stay. He might. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so beaten down by this. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I have, I've lost the will to complain. It sounds like the Brock Lesnar <laughs> thing. So maybe at the end of it, really, Shane's just going to win me over. It's going to be this triumphant return, like a movie. But the, the, um, at the very, the one thing that was okay this week was on SmackDown, like the whatever, whatever, whatever was the hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah. Um, that he put on KO for attacking Elias during their match at SummerSlam. Like that, they actually had a really cool segment backstage where KO storms back there, but he realizes he can't hit him. So it's just, it's just this kind of you know reality versus storyline thing of like, oh, this dude might lose like two hundred thousand dollars. Um, I think the funniest line of the night though was so he gets fined the initial 100k. He goes back to the the locker room where Shane is, and then Shane's like, "If you hit me, I'm gonna dock you another 100k." And he goes, "Make it 105," and throws a chair at the TV, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like that TV supposed to be five thousand dollars or some shit. So uh, it was it was a good it was a good little segment, um, and it kind of brought some you know realism to it. I, I don't know what the end game is because oh, now, I know what the end game is, and we'll talk about it later. Okay, but <laughs> I really, yeah. Well, let's just get to that. But because I, I want to get to the next question, a question I think is on everyone's mind: Where the hell was the fiend on Raw and SmackDown? I this blew my freaking mind. I don't get it. He was so red hot Sunday night going into Monday. He was the talk of the wrestling world. I just don't right? get like, it. Well, I. I and you know, Knopf brought up this point. You know, through, when we were texting about this, that you know they, they don't want to screw this up. They want to make sure that they have the right guy lined up for him. But don't you think about this ahead of it, right? Like you know, Finn is going to be gone, right? Yes. You know, he's leaving after SummerSlam, so you know you need someone. You need to have like for him to take on next. And like, why? Why do you not have that? This is you. Ha- you clearly know that he's going to do crazy things, right? Like, he's going to be the next big thing because you're pushing his merch crazy at SummerSlam. But, like, you have to have him on one of the shows, even if it's just to attack someone. Like, have him attack Michael Cole real quick, right? Just yeah, to just, remind us he's there. Yeah, you just need to have him show up for a quick second just to, just to keep his his image and his character front of mind. And, like, just having him not show up for five hours of television just doesn't work huge and missed like opportunity said, i just i i don't get that like yeah, for all I the mean, good things they did this this the, you know the past four days that was just inexplicable you need to ride that wave just keep it going like i and and even if it's a, a quick second just keep that wave of momentum going even now like if he comes back next week you've missed out on an opportunity and it, it might have like already like for some people that might have worn off like people are, are quick to change their minds like you said earlier like People may change their mind already, like so. I, I think you missed the opportunity to like really kind of continue to wi- ride that wave. So uh, it's a shame. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back next week, and, and we can continue to revel in his awesomeness. Um, Something they did have time for, though, is was, solving uh, the Roman case. Who the hell tried to kill Roman Reigns? This is getting a- this is getting so absurd. Like it's getting a little weird. It's getting it's getting uncomfortable. They uh, talked like- about it like multiple times on on Raw. They showed the same segments, and like, they just, and then they did it again on SmackDown, and like, they ended it with Dan O'Brien saying like, "We know who attacked you, but we're not going to tell you. We'll tell you next week." Can it's you like, imagine if that came up in regular conversation where someone tried to run you down, and I was like, "I know who tried to run you down, Jeremy, but I'm not going to tell you for seven days." Nah, fuck like, that. Like, you would, you would punch, you would punch me in the face <laughs> immediately. Like, yeah, and like, I get. I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief or whatever, and this is a different universe and a different world. But that, that's just 
freaking hilarious to me. Yeah. Also, by the way, Roman completely not on SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I mean, completely. He was on the poster, not on the show at all. That's again, that's so crazy. Like they still talked about they talked about him being run over. They they gave him the segment, right? They gave him the video package, but, but like it, nowhere to be seen. It made but, no sense. It's it's crazy to me. This whole thing needs needs to end. Obviously, I think we are all pretty confident that it's Daniel Bryan. Um, I, I just don't see any. It has any... to be. That's the that's the only thing that would make this make all make sense. If it's like a really really crazy swerve. If it's CM Punk, that's the only way I'm like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> like he's literally the only person where, if it's not Daniel Bryan, where I'd be legit, I would pop legitimately. Yeah, I mean, it, at this rate, it needs to be Daniel Bryan. If it's not, if it's some fucking schmo, uh, I'm gonna lose my shit. And, and next, next, <laughs> if it's Rikishi, I, w- really I will. Up. If it's Rikishi, I will laugh though. Okay, what if it's it, Jimmy it, Uso? Uh, that's you can't though. You, you just can't. We talked about. You just, you, it's, it's it's too close to home. He's, he's dealing with a lot with the driving already. It, but that would be compelling. It would be compelling TV. It just wouldn't be It wouldn't be in the best taste for a PG no. product. No, probably not. But, yeah, I mean, they need to solve this. Wrap it up. Let's move on. Let's get things ready for the next pay-per-views. Um, and get Daniel Bryan and Roman in the fucking ring because those two together will be great. That's all. That's all we want. Yeah, that's a it, Roman's really on a hot streak right now too. I think the crowd's like actually behind him because he's he's putting in really really good work, and he's like this storyline is kind of is what it is. It's kind of whatever, but he's he's ready to put in real like, like him and Buddy Murphy tore around the house tonight. You know, yeah. it, was, it was a really really good match, and he's put on now a string of good matches and kind of disproving everything else that, that people used to say about him that he couldn't wrestle that he wasn't good like he is really good and yeah he's he's being put in in the right position now he's not being shoved down our throats like he previously was um but we gotta we gotta make these storylines with roman make sense right <laughs> like so yeah I'm, I'm i'm tired of who in the world tried to kill roman reigns so let's move on to some no- news and notes we got a handful of things to talk about um first of all the king of the ring is back hell yes I mean, I don't even I, know why it went away to begin with, but I I'm mean, glad it's back. I I made the note on Twitter like, make the fiend the king of the ring. Like, just do oh, it. King fiend would be amazing. King fiend would be fucking incredible. Because then you'd have Bray on the Firefly Fun, Firefly Funhouse, just like probably wearing the the throne and 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 uh, the crown, and everything, yeah. just like or wearing the crown and everything, and just been like really reveling in it. Like, I think that would be great. Um, but I, I think what really kind of stood out to me was like Kevin Owens was putting it over pretty fucking big tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Like hard. Like it was like okay, guy. Like relax. So to me, this just screams that we're gonna get Shane versus KO in the final Clash of Champions. Yeah, if if that means KO wins, I'm all for that because if Shane is king of the ring and best in the world, that just means he's gonna be on TV for the rest of our lives, and I just can't <laughs> have that. <laughs> I'm just I mean, not ready for that as as an adult human. Yeah, but like I, I think, I, I think that's the way to finish it. Uh, obviously, like yeah, that'd be a good that'd be a good way to blow off the uh, the feud there. I mean that yeah, that'd be great because then you can have like, you can have Shane saying he's the best of the world, and then you'd have like Ko saying no, but I'm king of the ring. Like I'm, I'm the I'm the guy. It's a good time to bring it back. Um, uh, yeah, because I guess I, I don't know. I don't know why it went away in the first place because I remember during the Attitude Era, it even you know at the time when Austin won it too, it was it was one of the bigger events that they had, and it, obviously it meant 
you know, someone who didn't have a title that they were ready to kind of push into the main event scene. Um, and I think, th- I think they do need that now because there's just so many dudes, right? There's just so yeah. many du- um, the kind of in that middle ground that needs to be elevated. And maybe this is their way of, you know, we've talked about this before. They they have issues with kind of making stars that stick, right? Like yep. Braun was floating there for a second, but all of a sudden he wasn't. You know, the, the, they've they've struggled a couple of times with the Cena's and the Reigns of the world, but even Rollins to an extent, you know, he's still kind of floating on that precipice of like the guy. So mm. this is something that they need to do. Yeah. Um I completely agree. I, I think the only thing that would kind of ruin this is they put it on Baron Corbin. I think we're all in agreement there. <laughs> I actually, uh, do you miss Baron Corbin? He hasn't been on TV in a few weeks. Um, like you would if he came back right now. If TGI he came Friday's back and he, in so tow, like, like you wouldn't be mad. Be no, like, oh, but like I think the only way that I'd be kind of excited about his return is if he came back and he was like the Fiend's next victim. Because I wouldn't sure. mind seeing like because he's not a bad in ring worker. Um, and obviously, like with the fiend, all you got to do is take take some good bumps, maybe have a little bit of offense, and then like lay there while he puts his fingers down your throat, which sounds really disgusting. Hello, <laughs> let's hey. move on quickly. Before um, but this yeah, turns I, into- <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. Moving on, Roman's uh, uh, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, uh, Roman has signed a new deal with the WWE. Uh, they didn't have any kind of details in terms of length, but I would assume it's a it's a multi year deal probably. Yep. Um, and I mean, that's great. I mean, it, it, Roman, like you said, like Roman's continuing to get over with fans. His, uh, he's kind of evolved his character. And, uh, I think fans have grown to love him, especially after all the things that he went through in the past year. Um, so I, I I'm, I'm excited for that. He's obviously the face of the company. So l- let him continue to lead things in, in, into the next generation. Uh, I, I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, I think it's um, it's probably. I'm assuming it's in like the three to four year range, just because probably. I do think he is probably on his way out soon after that. I think he's going to follow Cena and Rock into Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I think he got a little bit of the bug, you know, being in Hobbs and Shaw, and he he. I think he can make that leap. You know, there, there's just always room for someone like him. Like, oh, and sorry, Batista as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just the next guy to make he, who's going to make that like you don't want to do this forever right as as yeah. <laughs> you know for every AJ Styles you know there's a Ric Flair who just kind of there's people who hang on too long right and he, I don't think he I think people have learned at, you know as you know medicine and everything else has gotten better that you just you just can't do this that long without something detrimental to your health happening long term you know mm-hmm. it's it's a violent violent activity and you know you can you can get on you know your soapbox and say it's fake but in reality like the shit that these guys and girls put themselves through is is legitimate like the pain and and the impact that they put on their bones and their muscles and their joints like it's for real so he's uh, i think he is hollywood for sure circled um, because you saw him making the rounds for Hobbs and Sean, he had a small part, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So he's he's clearly the next guy. Yeah, he's going to be in the Tooth Fairy too, and that's going to like capital like launch his movie career. He's going to uh, be the next rock. Did Midnight that just go showing? over your head? Midnight showing? No, I'm just saying. Should we go to the Midnight oh. <laughs> Showing of Tooth Fairy too? Did I go I mean, over my head? What do you think I am? <laughs> I was like, man, are you, are you not caught up on Tooth Fairy? No, I'm absolutely cut off. I'm just saying, should we plan for a midnight showing? I mean, I I guess. Yeah, sure. Well, All right. Well, Roman, make Tooth Fairy 2. All right, moving on. So, like, they now, uh, WWE announced 
that they announced the lineup for the 20th anniversary show of SmackDown, which is going to be uh, the first show on Fox for SmackDown. So, of course, they are bringing out all the old guys. We are going to get Hogan. We're going to get Sting. We're going to get Flair. We're going to get Booker, Goldberg, God, Trish. This is like a WCW, WCW show. Oh, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, I, I just don't think... like. I don't think The Rock's going to show up because I just don't think he can work it into his contract or he or Well, he has it is time. in L.A., though. So Rock I, lives in L.A. Unless you maybe, know, he might be filming guy, a movie. but I mean, that guy is filming, like, three movies at a time. So, like... As he just, should be. Yeah. Keep I mean, pumping him out, Dwayne. Just keep doing your thing, <laughs> making $20 million a picture or $50 million a picture, however much money you make, because... Jesus. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I... I find it weird that, like, the first show on Fox, they're going to just trot out all the old guys and not give, like, shine to the actual talent that they need to. Right, and this is a two-hour show, so this is yeah. gonna, this is going to be a very, very rushed show with a lot of forced segments, but, I mean, I kind of understand, like, like the Raw reunion, as stupid as, you know, no, re- regular wrestling fans thought it was. Right, the ratings were crazy, so at this point, why wouldn't they do that, right? For, just, to, it, to show Fox that they can be legitimate. So it's it's going to happen. They're going to get good numbers. And especially, like, look at Hogan draws numbers, unfortunately, for whatever reason. Sting, Flair, Booker, uh, Goldberg, and Trish. You know, like, we just saw them at SummerSlam. So um, put it, I'm sure there's going to be some raw faces showing up, you know. And it's, it's going to be... I'm ex- I, I want to be optimistic about it. That's, that's just that's just where I'm going to leave it because I, I still I still have very fond memories of the very very first episode of SmackDown, um, and I'm just hoping that the next generation kind of has that moment with with you know them moving over to Fox and this being the 20th anniversary show. So this will only be okay with me if they bring back the fist. If they yeah. bring back the fist, I'm yeah, like yeah, fuck it, I'm stage? in. Yeah, yeah, just like that's just do point. it. Just have get weird with it. Like let's let's bring it back. And uh, if, if we're going to lean into the old-timers, like, fully lean in. And let's bring back the fist. Let's make that a... <laughs> I would say let's make that a hashtag, but that'd be a weird one. <laughs> it's, it's not going to generate the results that we want. <laughs> it's going to get real gross. All right, moving on. We had some, some New Japan um, updates to give you guys as well. Obviously, uh, while everything was going on uh, stateside with, with SummerSlam, uh, we also had the, the culmination of the G1 Climax Tournament. Uh, which Abushi won over Jay over Jay White uh, in incredible match. So obviously that means that he will be headlining the uh, Wrestle Kingdom show in January for for New Japan. I uh, can't wait for that. We also saw Kenta, who is formerly Hideo Itami in NXT, he actually joined the Bro- Bullet Club and turned heel. Huge. Which, I mean, Huge. that was a crazy turn. Um, which led to the long, long-awaited return of Shibata, um, who had been dealing with a rather serious brain injury, uh, came back and beat the shit out of Kenta. Uh, I'm sure if you guys have gone on Twitter, uh, we actually posted about it. That there turnbuckle a, stomp was turnbuckle, stiff as like, shit. Dropkick. My God. I mean, it was just typical Shibata work of stiff... Elbows, stiff kicks, and everything about it was great. Uh, obviously, the Bullet Club came in and, and actually stomped him out, but I, I think this is a positive sign and a potential uh, ring return for Shibata that, that a lot of people have been waiting for for a very long time. Um, I know there's some really, really hardcore wrestling fans that have 
that really grew to, to really love his work and, and we're really, really sad to see what had happened to him. So for him to come back and actually do some in-ring physicality is a great sign that we could potentially see him in a match very soon. Um, also, my boy, Orange Cassidy, is now officially part of AEW. And he hands in his gr- pocket, signed that contract somehow. The greatest video of his contract signing of all time. I mean, he he. I'm it was sure very it good. Through. It was it was like a commer- It was like a Corona commercial where you never see any faces. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> neck down. Um, I, it took I some weird it. turns though. It did when he started. I had this this the one thing that freaks me out is wet paper. It just it becomes <laughs> like a whole other form of being I, I feel like once it becomes wet and when he put it in the juice and then blended it together and then poured it out i was like this is my worst freaking nightmare um but i do love it i do love the signing i think he's going to be really really good um and yeah i think he's gonna uh, he's he's just he's he's all of us right he's all of us as wrestling fans like yeah you want to do the minimum while achieving the maximum and he's he just embodies that so well he's gonna be great like mid-card comedic talent for AEW especially like on TNT yeah like he's gonna be that guy that people will tune into and have a laugh and enjoy just watching him because he doesn't take himself seriously at all like he understands that like there's aspects of this business that you don't have to be a serious worker you can just have fun with it enjoy yourself it's it's a made-up universe exactly like why can't we have fun sometimes people forget that yeah so like I think he's great um I am, am still looking at getting the his shirt that he has on pro wrestling tees where it looks like it's just like a photo code that he accidentally like oh yeah put on a shirt it's so great to me um i I really like that signing also aew announced uh john moxley versus sean spears that will take place on their second show for uh tnt i think that's a great match hell yeah um i think it, it could have title implications depending on where they go after all out i mean obviously we have moxley versus omega and we have sean spears versus versus cody um, but this is this this is a solid match. I mean, obviously, a lot of us have probably seen this before in WWE with with Dean Ambrose versus Ty Dillinger. But like these two characters are night and day. They're very from, they're one eighty they yeah, exactly. Um, Moxley is has been on his fucking roll, especially in New Japan with Shooter. Everything he does backstage with Shooter, I, I absolutely loved. Um, so funny. His, so good. He's so good. I mean, it's ironic though that you know Mox kind of shit on like all the comedy stuff that he had to do, or like all the weird shit, and he's just doing this. Like it, it is funnier, and it is actually you know, it feels more natural. Yeah, it's not like he's wearing a gas mask for no reason, or he's getting needles in his butt for no reason. Um, so it does feel more organic and more true to his, you know, his person. Because I, I'm sure he does have a really good sense of humor. Uh, you know, it's just knowing his, you know, Renee, Renee Young, who's his wife, has a really good sense of humor. So it's, there's, there's just some way that they have to mesh. But um, really, yeah, I'm excited for this. And, uh, you know, uh, the fact that they are, you know, promoting this for their second show, um, it, that's a, it's a really, really big match. These are two of the bigger names, you know, on the roster. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. Uh, really excited about that. Um, so, I mean, we've gone through quite a bit tonight. Oh, my God. I, that. With with this show and everything we've had to watch, this is now thirteen hours of wrestling <laughs> in the past four days. And we try. We I mean, we really tried hard to like cut down as much as possible to make sure that we were only hitting 
the biggest things right. that happened There's over this weekend. so much we didn't talk about. And there was... So much we didn't talk about. Uh, as always, we really, really appreciate you guys listening. Make sure that you subscribe and, and also follow us on social. Make sure you follow us at Doesn't Matter Pod. That's pod with a zero. You can follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. You can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. And make sure you also follow us on Instagram at Doesn't Matter Podcast. Get those numbers up. We can create a shirt with Ben's face on it with that photo once we release it. It's going to be great. Just make scared. sure you follow us on social. Yeah, and then obviously don't forget to subscribe to the show, you know, wherever you download your podcast. But especially if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, hit us with that five-star rating and uh, leave us a review. Our, our, our guy Chris Van Vliet has done a really good job. That's something we need to do a better job of is, you know, pushing people to review. He does a great job of it. And some of the reviews on his page are incredible. So we, we want to keep up with, uh, you know, the big brother on the show or on, on the Blue Wire Network. So leave us leave us some solid reviews. We've got some good ones already, but uh, let's keep it going. And, um, wow, it's it's been a, a, an epic weekend. I'm sure you've had a couple of wrestling podcasts to listen to to help you recap this weekend. But... If you do have another wrestling podcast that you listen to, it doesn't matter what your podcast is called. That was a good one. It's creepy. Very. I really like leaned into the mic on that yeah. one, and, and yeah, summoning your inner fiend. I like it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Thank Peace. you guys. Bye. <laughs>